0: Welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I'm your host. Every Wednesday and Friday, I bring you interviews with female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. Today's guest is Tay, Taylor, but she goes by Tay. And she is a degreed architect working kind of in the construction industry now, um, has worn many hats over the years and recently just during the pandemic has gotten into woodworking in particular turning. Um, and so that's, you know, what we talk about. We talk about working, um, kind of in maker-ish like trade as well with, uh, construction and design. So great conversation with Tay and, uh, yeah, I just had a blast. So I know you're going to enjoy this one. Before we hop into the interview with her, though, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Annette of 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin, Lefties Workshop, Christy, Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spees, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Sven, Dwarf Size Workshop, Rachel Moody Makes, Bonnie Tool Mom Bonnie Toolmomstore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou Made by Mary Lou, Brandy Studio Obey, Lee the Rainbow Carver, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued and ongoing support helping me to produce two episodes a week, every week. If you would like to get your name added to this list, you certainly can just head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting a revolution. Check out the tier options over there. Uh, Get stickers and t-shirts and all kinds of fun stuff over there so patreon.com forward slash crafting a revolution and your name will get added to the list that I read off and think every episode all right let's head on into the interview with Tay and I like to start by asking my guests to introduce themselves so would you do that for me
1: yes absolutely um my name is Taylor um I mostly go by Tay I am originally from Chicago, um, recently relocated to Las Vegas, Nevada, um, in the last about six months or so. I am um, a maker, I would say. Sometimes I get nervous saying woodworker (laughs) because I feel like I make so many things. So um, I'm kind of a maker slash woodworker. Um, I mostly focus on small Home goods and things like that. Um, I
0: what else? I hmm, (laughs) (laughs) you can that's good. You, you don't, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I I do want to say, like, you moved in a pan during a pandemic, you're one of those who moved during a pandemic. How was that experience? I am,
1: am. It, it was such a wild card, and typically, I am one that is extremely calculated and do things methodically and it was something that just was not that (laughs) um but I think it was definitely for the best it I have family out here Mm -hmm. and I've always been drawn to this area for years and years so I finally just took the plunge you know I um work in architecture and construction Mm. um, and some interior design kind of sprinkled in there. So in Chicago, when all of the layoffs happened, um, the first wave, I was like, thank you. I I missed the the wave of it and so great. And then I caught the next one. And so Mm. in that moment said, okay, what's next? Um, So for a while in Chicago, I was kind of surviving by making things and doing kind of small contracted projects Mm -hmm. um and after a while i realized i could do this anywhere so why don't i just try let me Mm -hmm. just try so i packed up all my things i sold a lot of things and then i flew here um and like probably at the end of february i took a job in construction law Kind of a strange pivot yeah um it, it overlaps but it doesn't you know so I I took that job to kind of get out here and figure things out and um it's been pretty amazing definitely an adventure a little bumpy along the way but um I wouldn't have changed
0: anything I'm loving it out here awesome yeah. um though I'm kind of bummed I didn't uh uh discover you beforehand when you're in Chicago because I'm only like three and a half hours away from oh, wow. Chicago um and one of my good maker friends lives in the Chicago area too so I've gone and visited her a couple of times used her CNC to my benefit um <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good one <laughs> yes <laughs> um <clears throat> awesome well I kind of want to take a step back and just ask like what's your Story. I mean, you said you know you're from Chicago. Like, is that where you grew up? And how did you get into doing all of this making stuff?
1: Yeah, so I did grow up in Chicago, kind of the south suburbs of Chicago. Um, And then around college time, I moved to Chicago and just never went back to the Burbs. I knew that was going to happen. I was like, (laughs) no, we're done here. (laughs) So I went to University of Illinois um, at Chicago for architecture. And, um, you know, during the entire course of things was also kind of side hustling. I do that often. So um, because I had just learned Illustrator at that time and all of the other Adobe um, programs, I used them to my benefit. And I started designing people's album covers and photoshopping people's, um, I don't know, photo shoots and I don't know, just Mm -hmm. random things like that and just finding ways to just earn some extra cash. And um, when I graduated, I went straight into the workforce. I started working at a tile supplier downtown, Um, and that was kind of my first introduction to how um, the construction process works, like Mm -hmm. taking design and taking it all the way to construction and um, finalizing things for bars, restaurants, things like that in Chicago, and it was really fast-paced and fun, and I got to learn a lot um, from architects and designers directly, Um, So again, I started side hustling there and just, you know, they um, loved what I did. And so after I relocated um, to different jobs and kind of built my clientele of designers, um, I started working on side projects with them. Like, hey, can you, I don't know, do this? floor plan and elevation for this really small project things like that just Mm kind of getting my feet wet um and I fell in love I was just like I love the process of seeing something that's nothing um talking about it with people and blinking and seeing it become reality right Mm -hmm. because it's that easy yeah (laughs) Um, (laughs) so um I started there at a tile supplier I actually transitioned into um more of like a high-end retail interior design store mm-hmm. um it was okay it was fine <laughs> <laughs> it was okay I just you know the, it 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 just wasn't for me I think I was so yearning to be a part of the design process and not just sell and sell mm-hmm. and sell and sell um I like to work with my hands and I was working with my feet and we were hustling through that store like crazy. Um but good, good for the experience of it all. Um so once I started to realize okay, I like making and perhaps this isn't going to be my 9 to 5, but I have to figure out how to do that. It makes me so happy. Um I ended up transitioning again to somewhere that was a lot more commercial um it actually was McDonald's I don't know maybe I can't say that maybe I can but like (laughs) so McDonald's corporate um they were they have a small team of designers and um architects that are responsible for modernizing all of the old school locations that you've seen with the checker tile and the big Ronald McDonald statue looking scary. So now they all look a little bit more modern. And I was on the team that did that. Um, And on the side is when I started to um, really try to get into making a little bit more. So I have always taken my own projects. like wherever I live, no matter what the place, um, I try to hand make as many of the things as possible. Because what I have found is that when I shop and I try to decorate, it almost gets me what I want when I shop for things, but it's never exactly what I need. The dimensions, these Chicago apartments have the wackiest, craziest walls and ceilings. They're not straight. They are not you know, so I would always have to kind of customize things. And if I purchased something, take it to the garage and chop it up and redo it so that it would fit. Um, So one example of that was when I was living up north and they had the scariest cabinets I've ever seen. It was just like, it was ruining the entire vision of the entire apartment. And so I took the doors off, I restained everything with the landlord's permission, but I like really did a lot of work um, just to change it to something that looks better. I really care a lot about visual clarity and visual um, stimulation wherever Mm -hmm. I live. Um, And I've always tried to find ways to change the apartments that I live in so that I feel better. Like it's a safe haven when I come home. Um, So if that's painting a big giant mural on the wall, if that's ripping off the doors on the cabinets in the kitchen, always trying to find a way to do that. Um, So I fell in love with that. So as I'm working my nine to five and hating it and whatever, and just wanting to get a little bit more into design Um, I'm learning a lot along the way, just doing my own stuff. Um, So fast forward to the pandemic, I wasn't working. (laughs) And so that gave me a lot of time to really work with my hands, figure out what I like a lot. I started whittling wood. I started carving spoons and doing all these other random things. And it just so happened that my neighbor down the hall, we were just chit-chatting about whittling spoons. It was so random. And he was like, I have a wood shop. It's right down the street. Like, we should go. I will show you the machines that I use. I will show you everything. And it's a beautiful shop. Shout out to Pete. Thank you so much for everything you've (laughs) ever done. (laughs) So I was able to really, really, really get hands on with things. Um, All of the projects I had done up to that point were kind of freestyle. Um, So really kind of getting a bit more formal was Mm -hmm. a godsend. It was so much fun to do that while, you know, there was just nothing to do. And I was getting antsy and just wanted to kind of get some stuff cranked out. Um, So he introduced me to the lathe, which I love. Um, I got to figure out my scale. I like Mm -hmm. small scale. Um up to that point as well, I was like building all these tables and doing all this stuff. And that's great. I think it's a really cool thing, but I just think my scale, what I love most, is small. So I'm carving these little bowls and cups and you know all of my little dishware and things like that. And it's just blessing me. Love it so much. Um, Now I'm out here and I don't have those things. (laughs) And it's been, I don't know what it is, the serendipity of my life is just so crazy because the job I'm at right now, randomly, I get a call from one of my coworkers who says, I remember you saying that you carve wood when we first introduced you to the team, like you do all of these different woodworking things. I said, yeah, you know, I don't anymore because I can't. And he was like, do you want to lay it? Pardon? He's, yeah, do you want a lathe that's been sitting in my garage forever? Take it. If you could get it from California, I will give it to you. So I went to California and I got it, of course. So it's just been this amazing um random support from random people that have just kind of helped me keep going on this journey. Um and then in the midst of all the woodworking stuff, there's just been like client work. Um like a client who had these huge windows in her loft in Chicago who needed drapery for them. And I had just done some for my loft in Chicago with huge windows that were unbelievable. And I posted it online, everything that I've done, usually the clients come from my social media. Mm -hmm. So she saw that and said, come on over and make my drapes. And so, you know, um, sewing, Um, designing, painting, that sort of stuff, Um, Mm -hmm. all just from posting my little projects that I've done for myself. And it just has kind of grown from there.
0: Hey, makers. So today's podcast episode is sponsored in part by Alicia Van Osdall, who is the owner of Basil Blue Design Company. Alicia is a maker of all things, really. Her focus is on beautiful craftsmanship through woodworking, repurposing, refinishing art and sculpture. Her background includes 30 years of graphic design, logos, and branding. If you have an idea or concept that and need a creative solution or graphic design, you can email Alicia directly at alicia, and that is A-L-I-C-I-A at basilblue.com. Or you can visit her website at www.basilblue.com. And fun fact, Alicia actually designed the logo for Crafting Revolution. So that is an example of the impeccable work you can expect if that is something you are in the market for. So be sure to look up Alicia again at her website, basilblue.com. All right, let's get back into the action. That's awesome. I think, how close were you when you were in working in Chicago to like, and I'm never, I never remember it, (laughs) the large like block building that's like where all the interior design studios are like, their showrooms are. Are you talking Um, like it's downtown? mm
1: -hmm. Oh, Merchandise Mart, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Is
0: it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, how close were you to like that area when you were like working and all? Of that I actually world?
1: was across the street when I was selling tile. I was right outside of Merchandise Mart, like one block away. We were right on Hubbard, and I don't remember the other street, yeah. but it was right, right there. You could see it straight from the window.
0: I think I think I've been in that tile shop. I made a yep. I I made a trip to Merchandise Mart with a with a um local interior designer she was kind of like trying to help me get you know see if I can get my designs into any of those showrooms there and um, so she took me there and she had like she was there for client work so we had to go stop at the tile place and you know <laughs> look at tiles right. and um, <clears throat> but it's just a whole different a whole different world there and not that I should be surprised that that would be like in downtown in a big city but it just seems like I don't know seemed like a world of its own when you're inside that space yes it does kind of move like its own little city and they've got their yeah.
1: events that happen and all of the designers come and it's you know you, you start to learn who is in and out of there it's like its own little microcosm for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: so I'm I guess I'm like a little bit curious. I mean, I understand, like, you were definitely, you said, you know, you were into or interested in kind of, like, the making portion of all of that, Um, but going, like, the construction route, maybe more so versus, like, designer route, I'm just curious, like, what made the construction route more appealing, I guess, than the designer route?
1: Yeah, I think um, the designer route tends to, huh, there's something about it that like, and maybe this is just with residential work, which was kind of what I was doing at that time. It could go forever. (laughs) Like you could be talking to a homeowner about three swatches of paint for six months. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, I think I just like the fact, like Let's get in there. Let's identify what we need. Let's get the contractors that we need. Let's get it done. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the phasing of things and let's knock it out and be done. And I just think that the pacing of construction, um, suits me a little bit better. Um, now I love designing. It just has to be the right client. And I think I'm so picky with that, that I've just, Said, okay, let's start looking at construction. And I also think at that time, I wanted to get my feet wet in everything because they all overlap so much. So mm-hmm. if you're a designer and you don't really understand the process of construction, you're going to piss off all of your construction workers when it's time to contract them because that designer is not going to do it. They're going to have to know mm-hmm. how to incorporate those people. So now that I'm a little bit older, I'm trying, you know, I, I, am pulling the parts that I love the most um and I
0: think it's construction I think it's
1: construction yeah yeah
0: do you see maybe in the future being able to take all of these skills you've kind of like you know picked and pulled from uh to turn into like your own studio like you're being like a general contractor type thing and Yeah, that
1: is my dream. I would love like if I'm not a general contractor, I would love to be the one pulling everyone that's a general contractor. So, yeah, yeah, Yeah. that is my my dream. I just think I do know so much or maybe just enough about so many things Mm -hmm. Um. But I am one person and I do work solo for the most part when it comes to my own stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like right, right now, it's funny that you even asked that. I'm at this little standstill of, okay, what am I supposed to do next? Because I am one person. I would love to, a couple things, have kind of a general contractor capacity I would also love to have like a web store for the things that I make. Mm -hmm. I've all like, my dream is to be at a farmer's market one day, all of these random things that just, I'm at, I'm stuck because I love to make things, but how do I push it to that Mm -hmm. next level? You know? Mm -hmm. And I'm right, right there right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll send you some context when we're done of some female uh, general contractors who kind of have similar backgrounds to you, okay, and how yeah. they've like pivoted just so you can chat, okay, that's <laughs> and, awesome. Because it's yeah. like you look around, like, oh, this is hard, this is gonna be hard, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, and there's still not very many female general contractors out there so yeah i'll I'll send you a couple of names um but yeah t- let's talk about the making and getting um i love that it's like i feel like the pandemic has led a lot of people into like serious making um cuz if you don't have work what else are you going to do like right. i think i think that's something like i've always mm, Known or recognized, but I enjoy watching other people recognize through the pandemic that it's not that long ago that all of our work was physical labor, and as like human beings, as a as a race, you know, as a race, yeah. um, and that our bodies, I think, still yearn for that, um, even though so much of our worlds have gone to digital, right, into, like, full days on the computer type thing, um, (laughs) that we still, like, it's rewarding to our mindset and to our bodies to actually do, like, physical labor, (laughs) like, there's a connection to that, so I enjoy seeing even though it's frustrating for me as a maker, like not being able to like source things because everybody in the on the planet is uh, remodeling their own houses right
1: now. Yeah, one hundred
0: percent. So can't find wood anywhere. Um, besides that, uh, it's nice to see that like people are rediscovering that for themselves. Um, so. Talk to me about tiny. What is it about tiny things or small scale things that you enjoy? Um, It's funny. I think I've always
1: been drawn to that. Um, I'm just, it reminded me of, I took years ago, took this screen printing class in college um, and people were trying to screen print all these huge things, these giant, I mean, not giant t-shirts, yeah. but just like all of these large scale or normal scale things and i was over here screen printing like these little postcard sized artworks like they everything was just there's something so intimate and so special about it um, and then within like the woodworking world or just making um there's a level of detail that's required when you work that small um, so a level of care um, that's required and maybe just because I'm working as one person I work slow because of that because Mm -hmm. I want it to be perfect I want every curve or every you know detail to be special and intentional Um, and sometimes with larger pieces that can get lost Um, so things that fit in your like hand tools and not just like chisels and actual mm-hmm. tools, but I mean like a cup or a spoon, or but sp- like things that fit in your hands and are useful and good and well made, um, just make me really happy. I think it's I think it's great. Um, so I think as I've started to make things more and more, they've been how can this be used. How can this one thing be used for a multitude of things? So I always go back to the first cup I ever turned on a lathe because I was so proud. And so it just, I look at it and it's just so, it's perfect because it can be anything. Um, When you make a table, it's a table, that's it. But when you make a cup, it could go in your bathroom. It could go in your kitchen. It could go you know in your living room as a as a vase for a little dandelion I don't know but it just seeing something be able to be so many things um it just I don't know it makes me happy for some mm-hmm. strange reason so um I find myself kind of gravitating toward those things
0: I can totally I can relate to that in the sense of like as you're talking about it just the thinking like like, I just finished up my, like, first commission piece in a very long time. I don't get very many commissions, but um, I made, you know, a live edge table um, out of a very, very large (laughs) slab, a very large uh, maple uh, cookie, so it was the, you know, the base of the tree, and I'm finding myself, because until this table commission, like, I've been doing more smaller things and just basically been focusing on like I'm going to make whatever I want to make. And so um, I've gotten more into the detail and I've always been about like it's always stuck with me that I had a, a teacher woodworking teacher say like people see woodworking piece like the finished results of your woodworking they see it with their hands. They touch every part of it. And so, like, when it goes tiny, I can focus on those details, like, every piece of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm is a textile experience. And so it's very like intentional. And so then when I moved back over to this beast of a table, like I had to tell myself to just stop because I was like obsessing over every last nook and cranny of this giant table. And I'm like, what's the reality that that the client's really gonna touch every last nook and cranny of this table? maybe over time, but right. not like all at once. And so like, I can walk away and say like, it's okay that it's not perfect. Yes. In this one corner of the underside of the table, that she probably <laughs> will never touch. <laughs> oh my God. But, but I enjoy, I mean, cause I've started experimenting with, with intentionally adding textures, you know, to like bowls and vases and stuff like that, that are smaller. Um, because it's fun to watch people have those textile experience experiences with it mm-hmm. um, and so I think yeah it it's interesting how they can if you stay large I think you lose contact with that side of it yeah um, though I know I'm not alone to be one of the woodworkers who will sand the underside of a table to 220 like you are, are going to make sure that every part right. is nice but um, but yeah um when it comes to so are you you have a lathe now that means you're able to do some turning again um yes how, I mean, where's the space at? How are are you, like, apartment living still in Vegas? or?
1: Yes, (laughs) I am tiny apartment living right now. I think this place is, like, 700 square feet, which isn't tiny, tiny, but me and Luna are two bodies in this place, okay? So there's no, you know, but I did add a garage on to my unit. Um, so I pay a little bit extra, but I intentionally did that knowing like I don't have any tools right now, but I'm gonna, mm. it's, gonna it's an incentive, right? I'm not just going to throw this money away and then for nothing. So um, it's in the garage waiting for me to get <laughs> active. Um, it just uh, got put in the garage, I'd say last week. So okay. I'm just kind of gathering my thoughts and my wood and <laughs> um I'm ready to start I haven't done anything yet but that's how I'm making it work everything that I do I just do it in the garage
0: mm-hmm.
1: um just to kind of keep this place a little clean
0: <laughs> yeah 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 uh, turning is like about just as messy as power carving which is what i do so oh, except for power carving is fine dust at least with turning it's like chips yeah <laughs> <laughs> i do have to pause for a second is your cat's name luna my dog yeah your dog we have a cat named luna so oh. <laughs> <laughs> hello luna. <laughs> popular name this room right
1: now Mm -hmm. because i know when i start talking she's like bombarding me trying to be in the mix so (laughs) she's gonna have to join another time (laughs) that's fine that's fine
0: um yeah i want to talk a little bit about woods and she said like gathering your wood because i know if you're from chicago the midwest has plenty of wood like Mm -hmm. and we have all of the hardwoods right we've got like walnut and oak and maple and like fairly regularly you know like available and cherry yeah. like you can get it and it's not outrageously expensive however living i lived in southern california for uh, about four and a half years and i realized there like how <laughs> like i should have moved more wood with me to the west correct. coast <laughs> correct
1: correct somehow it probably would have been less money to move big gigantic hunks of wood yes. all the way across yes. the country <laughs> Um, it's pretty crazy. It is. Didn't, didn't think about that. Didn't know, but you know what I've been doing, which has been pretty fun. I will find pieces or I'll, you know, some of my neighbors have donated pieces to me that they don't want anymore that are really good wood. So I have these big pieces of furniture that I know I'm not going to use, but plan to kind of just tear apart and redo so Mm. we're making it work but it is it's a press for sure it is kind of nice too though that like I'm using pieces that um I don't know there's just this like sustainability aspect Mm -hmm. to it to kind of repurpose furniture pieces into something else um Mm -hmm. so it's sustainable Mm -hmm. for my wallet and it's sustainable (laughs) for the earth um and just kind of uh, consumerism in general. You're right. Everybody is remodeling their homes. Everyone is stealing all the wood. I saw that one video you posted months ago where you were like running with the wood yeah. that you, <laughs> just cracking up I was like it is so true. Like whoever has all of the wood in their vaults of their house, they're probably sitting on gold. like it, it's crazy out here right now.
0: Hey, Squad! so today's episode is brought to you in part by the Empowered Makers Online Festival. What is that, you may ask? Well, the Empowered Makers Online Festival is a totally free DIY party designed to inspire, empower, and educate so that you can stop that Pinterest scroll and be the powerhouse DIYing woman that you're totally capable of being. During this four-day online event, you'll hear exclusive presentations from 12 incredible women, DIYers, and craft women covering topics like beginner electrical work, how to flip furniture, making time for DIY, and so much more. If you're ready to stop just dreaming about DIY and start taking some action, join us from September 27th through 30th for the Empowered Makers Online Festival. And we cannot wait to see what you create after you attend. To register, go to empoweredmakers.com forward slash revolution. Again, that is empoweredmakers.com forward slash revolution. And uh, remember, it's a free event. So go ahead, go get registered at empoweredmakers.com forward slash revolution. And join us on the 27th through the 30th. I hope to see all of you there and cannot wait to see what you create. Let's hop back into the episode. Which is funny because, uh, you know, I just recently, I lost my shop space. And so I moved everything home to our home garage, got it all worked. It's still not set up, but it's it's all in one spot now. And because of the move, like I've had, I've been sitting on some pretty, large like slabs for a long time it was like I I went crazy when I decided to like start the side hustle business and I just like went and bought all the slabs right and I was like because this is what I'm gonna do so I have these huge slabs I'm like I don't I don't really do that anymore and so I'm like trying to sell them on like you know Facebook marketplace and nobody's buying and I'm like. This makes no sense. You can't find wood anywhere. And yet nobody's buying this wood. Oh, that's funny. Um, if it wasn't outrageously expensive to ship, I would ship to you. But
1: Thank you. I know it's it really, they, they have it in a headlock, the whole process. And the I know.
0: Whole system. It's like, guys, okay. Sheesh. So... Uh, well, the other thing, like, personally you're talking about sustainability I like to source um all of my wood from like tree services so it's like wood that's being removed because it's diseased or like struck by lightning or you know usually there's a good reason for it to be removed and so instead of it being turned into like mulch or whatever I try to like source as much as I can from that process um but there's not a lot, there's no trees in Vegas. Like there's no, there, nothing grows there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it. you're right. It is <laughs> so crazy. Like
1: I, my um, aunt asked me to come with her to an orchard to pick peaches and all this stuff. And I was like, is it an orchard or is it a market? Cause I don't think they're growing peaches here. I went to that orchard they are growing peaches. So there are areas, but you do have to step out of Vegas, Vegas proper. It does not have anything, Mm -hmm. but when you kind of come out of there, Nevada has some pretty interesting places that they're growing stuff. Are they growing trees? Absolutely not. (laughs) So if you want some peaches, I can tell you where to go there. There's, I mean, I'm looking at a bunch of palm trees. Yep an when interesting
0: interesting fact about palm trees is they're actually part of the grass family like they're they're called a palm tree but they're not a tree they're part of the grass family. they're just big grass they're okay big grass. <laughs> <laughs> great again uh living in southern california for a bit that's where i took my formal woodworking classes and like i asked that question once i was like how come nobody makes anything out of palm trees like
1: yeah, they're all We're not, over. I'm
0: like, they're all over. Why? And he's like, because they're basically grass and you can't really make anything out of them. <laughs> I'm like looking at these trees right now, like, how dare you? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Goodness gracious. What um what are the things that you want to try to like start, I guess, like experimenting with and getting more into?
1: Um, I want to definitely need to get into my lab again. Um, I have been wanting to experiment with wood burning. Oh, yeah. Recently. Um, I think that when it's well done, it is so beautiful. Um, I haven't tried yet. I've not done any wood burning at all. So I think that's going to be my next little attempt because it's pretty affordable to get the kit Mm -hmm. and just try. Um, So I see myself like having a wood bowl that's got like, you know, like little leaves kind of laced around the side. Like I'm just all about those really intimate details. And I think wood burning would kind of give me that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, So I want to experiment with that. Um, I also want to start making more artistic pieces Um, I have in my mind this idea of like a mountain range made out of like panels of wood and Mm -hmm. I don't exactly know how it's set up or formatted but it's just there's no painting involved it's just Mm -hmm. the texture of the wood the uh, movement of the wood that kind of tells the story and creates the illustration. Um, So kind of playing around with wood grain in that way, like in in more of an artistic way. Um, And then again, just, I really, really want to get into like, not mass mass production, but production for selling in a way that's Mm -hmm. been a little bit slow in the past um i really want to figure out how to push that forward i want to get a farmer's market booth so bad (laughs) like it's just like a random dream that i know i can make happen but um you know it's just toying around with how to produce all of those things and what they all look like um and outside of wood and just within making i I want to get back into pottery um, and wheel throwing. I think that lathe turning is so similar to mm-hmm. wheel throwing um, that I think if I do both, um, I'll kind of pick up one from the other and the other to the other. And, you mm-hmm. know, kind of those techniques overlap a little bit. So I'm curious what would happen there if I did both.
0: Yeah. Have you um, heard of or looked into like the multi-axis turning um. No. Yeah, so it's like, I honestly am not sure how they do it, because I think they do a lot of it just on the standard, you know, single axis lathe, not like a CNC lathe that has the multi axis built in, but yeah. just being able to produce parts of it that are not symmetrical. Um, okay. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, so like, sometimes it's like building in like a carving factor you know to it um yeah yeah I've seen I've there's a few uh makers that I follow that have started to like really experiment with that and and start to do some fun things with that and that's really like intriguing to me that's one of the reasons like I kind of went power carving route versus turning because I've I've turned before and I totally see like the addiction to turning because it's like (laughs) within an hour i have a product um (laughs) which is super appealing right when you don't have like a ton of time to work on something um but i went the power grabbing route because like i i like things to be asymmetrical i don't like i'm just not drawn to the cement you know things being super symmetrical and so it's like this gave me an outlet to do like a random curve on one side that the other side was not going to have um yeah so I think that if I was going to do turning I think I would probably end up doing the whole multi-axis
1: yeah I could totally see that for you and it really is you know just from watching your videos power carving it really is like whatever I want is what it will be. Yep. I want this thing right there. <laughs> that's where it's going to go. And so it kind of takes away that limitation of this one access point. So that's very mm-hmm. interesting.
0: Yeah. Though sometimes the wood still will tell you, you can't do what you want <laughs> for <course. to> <laughs> No, I said
1: no. Yeah. One time I was turning something, it was going so well. And then at the very End like I carved just a little bit more and there was this big fat knot and it just of course. canceled everything and I was <laughs> like never mind, I don't even know if I liked anything. <laughs> <more.">
0: <laughs> <sighs> yeah, that's I mean that's actually one of the things I like super like carving to me is like opening a Christmas present every single time because it's not what it appears on the surface like you start so to carve true. and it's like oh there's a whole rotten pocket inside here that I had no <laughs> idea even existed welcome <laughs> right. yes. okay here we go <laughs> exactly um or you know things that it's like you discover where bugs were a part of the process and all of that stuff and all of that I love like I tend to try to keep that like as part of a piece when I find it. Um as natural. But yeah, it's um it's always fun to discover what the wood has to say about a project yes. for sure. <laughs> Do so you have a true. favorite species to work with when you're turning? Um,
1: I don't. I don't. I feel like I haven't worked with enough of them to know what my favorite is. And so right now um at least with hand carving, my favorite would be butternut because it's easy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I did one piece in butternut and then I switched to um, my next piece. I tried, oh gosh, what was it? Gosh, I can't, I think cherry. Mm -hmm. And it was like my hands, this is not right. I can't (laughs) do this. And I literally, I never finished. It was gonna be a little... A t- uh, tablespoon scoop mm-hmm. like a really perfect like yep. straight handle perfect little dip and like I it just didn't work out for us <laughs>
0: <laughs> I understand yeah. I understand yeah. that as well um so I know I mean it's somewhat to the like the wood side of the maker community you're kind of like new or yeah. but what's like what's your experience been, uh, in this space? Um, you know, being a a Black woman, like, has there been any, anything, I guess, what's your experience been? Yeah,
1: (laughs) I think it's been interesting. It's been just such a, a huge amount of support that I almost forget, like, that that is a factor that maybe could be working against me. If anything, I have had more of an obstacle being a Black woman in construction Mm. um, or in architecture or even in these retail spaces um, than I have in my making on the Mm -hmm. side. I think um, if... (sighs) Within the community, huge amount of support. Like, I've never had any, any strange moments like that. Mm-hmm. But I think people outside of the community who are um, just kind of observing what all we do, they, it's not a lack of support, but it, it's definitely a surprise mm-hmm. is what I get the most. Like, I am small and I am big in heart, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, and so I think when I go to Home Depot, or I go somewhere, and I'm getting tools, like the big, real tools, and I'm doing all of these different things, people just sort of look like, are you sure? Do you know what you're doing? And I think it's more that, like, mm-hmm. um, it's a man's world. And these are man's tools. And um, just sort of this, uh, not being taken seriously like no one ever treating me poorly but definitely sort of like "Mm, that's cute the paint's over there you know
0: yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) you know um (laughs) so when i'm in the section like the lumber section and i'm with all the dudes it just is a different kind of um energy Mm -hmm. and um sometimes like this oh my gosh this was the best day at home depot ever this man is so i don't know your name but you are nice you are so helpful and so cool. He, um, I was in the lumber section and he was sort of doing the thing at first, like, okay, little girl, what do you need? And so I knew what I was talking about. I asked him what I needed, but I'm also not going to lift this stuff. So please put it on the cart for me. Thank you very much. And so when he was asking questions about what I was making, and I think at the time, yes, I was living in Chicago and we did not have a Countertop island in our kitchen and it just was the flow was weird and we really needed it so I um went there to get a uh a solid core door so that I could skim coat it with cement and make it look like a big cement block because I'm not about to make a Mm three million pound (laughs) cement slab so I told him my process and what I was gonna do and um he was a black man and he was just like I felt like I was talking to my grandpa and he was just like, I am so proud of you. You, yes. Like keep going. Like that is amazing. And I could just tell it brightened his day and it brightened my day. So I think a lot of times that moment helps me kind of like relax and realize mm-hmm. that because people are surprised doesn't necessarily mean that they're like, yeah, you're an idiot. You don't make sense. And da-da-da. they just are surprised and mm-hmm. sometimes it can be endearing. Um, you know I've gotten the the stares that I know are a little bit less nice but um I think there's just this this lack of um what's the word like exposure yeah on their end like they, they've just not seen it a whole lot so they're just kind of like wow really you cool okay well yeah so I've I've tried to kind of relax and not mm-hmm. be like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause I get I can I've definitely in the beginning was like that, but I, I realize now that it's just overall there's just this lack of exposure to all of the different people doing what we do. So thank you to the internet for kind of helping that, <laughs> you know, helping yeah. that along. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, that's kind of been my experience. It's been, it's been pretty interesting. I think construction is is a different beast. And I do have to kind of like lower my voice a little bit and get a little stronger um, when I'm dealing with certain people, but it's, it's been, it's been all right.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a good, uh, some good points about, and I, I want to tell you, it's a very similar experience, you know, to pretty much everybody I've <laughs> had on the podcast where it's like, <clears throat> The maker community itself is very like supportive and, you know, down to like answer questions and not like look down on you for asking those questions and stuff like that. Um, but it's like everybody outside of the community <laughs> um, has a totally different reaction. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I will say. The. I think you'll experience, unfortunately, experience more of that at like a farmers market, like when you get that booth, like them coming up and being like, "Where's the woodworker? Like, you know, who made these things?" Type thing, and when you say you did, getting some of those very same responses. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but the construction industry, for sure, has <laughs> yeah. like very few women. Um, and definitely very few women of color uh, in it. Hey makers, today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com. At toolmomstore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag would her on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, and also, great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout if you enter the code maker mom you will get a 20% discount off any of the merchandise that you buy so that's just toolmomstore.com all right let's head back into the action um and i know again by having some other people on the podcast or i've heard like do you feel like you said you had to lower your voice and, and kind of get stronger is it like do you end up getting a lack of like, like respect or like a lack of just like, they're not going to listen to you type thing. Absolutely.
1: I think that it is, it tends to be a lack of respect or not being taken seriously. Definitely get the, like, if I'm too delicate, like it'll be the sweethearts and the honeys and the, you know, not really hearing what I'm saying, just more so you're cute, you know, like, and that is not helpful. (laughs) (laughs) So I find myself having to um, be kind of sharp Mm -hmm. sometimes. Now, once you kind of disarm them and let them know, yeah, I actually know what I'm talking about. um, Now it's time to listen. You know, Mm -hmm. I've had, Like there was one time um, I spoke with someone who I don't know which, I think it was an electrical guy. And so I don't know what we were talking about, but he, we got on the subject of how I'm from Chicago and um, he goes, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you're from Chicago. And I was like, yeah, I feel you. Cause I thought he was just like, yeah, cause it's cold. And you know, that's usually what the conversation is like. It's so cold and it's so crazy. And so, but he kept pushing on sorry you're from Chicago so I said why why are you and he said um what did he say something like well because of all the gangs like you're not in a gang are you and I said no sir I am not in a gang like I had to like literally yeah. get like yeah and so and he didn't he was still so oblivious and was like Oh, okay, well, yeah, I guess you are you wouldn't be in a gang with that last name because my last name is Irish. Face palm. Like, yeah. we, you know, like, can we just talk about the scope of work? I just want to talk about the scope of work. <laughs> right. We don't have to talk about it. I'm not in a gang, neither is anyone in my family. So gosh, guys, you know, um, <laughs> and again, I think even in that, like he thought he's being funny, he he, but it really, it's impactful. I think mm-hmm. it really does change how many people are even encouraged to get into construction because it's something that sometimes I'm like I can't handle this I don't want to do this anymore I'm just gonna work like at a spa somewhere like something just Mm -hmm. random because I'm just so tired of that energy you know so there definitely is a lack of respect and a lack of really even um not like knowledge or or awareness that they're being disrespectful, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't even think it's intentional. Sometimes it's just it's been that way for so long, that that is the cadence of conversation for them. Right. And so you have to be the one to get in there and be like, yeah, well, I'm here now. So <laughs> that's canceled. <laughs>
0: i mean i think you probably are alluding to it just by saying sometimes you're like yeah let's go work at a spot but um (laughs) what's that what is that like what are those experiences like emotionally for you like having to kind of to me like you've got to you've got to put a mask on like you've got to turn into somebody that's not necessarily, like, yeah, naturally, like, that's not naturally you.
1: Yeah, yeah. I naturally am someone who likes to smile and be fun and also lean into my femininity because there's power in it, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't get to do that there. Um, so there's some switching of my character, for sure. Um, I think emotionally, it is not taxing in the moment, but over time, it builds up to something that um, makes me want to give up sometimes, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I I'm, I'm still pushing. There are still days where I'm just like, I don't think that I don't think I'm cut out for this for that reason. Um, because I have to be a different person. I think um, that is why I love making so much and selling what I make because it's about me now. I'm not Mm -hmm. having to fit into what this world is that has already been created and, you know, has been moving in this way for so long. I don't, most times I don't really, want to be the one to go and change everything. Like, I think that right now there's so much being changed just in the landscape of so much of society, um, which is great. It's, it's important that that happens, but I don't know that we talk enough about how hard it is to do that and um, how unfair sometimes it is that it rests on my shoulders and other shoulders to be the ones to change it and will it change you know so there's just all of these questions and it is very um I can I definitely can get emotional about it sometimes because when I realize it's mostly when I look around and I realize how far we've come and yet how far we are it's just Mm -hmm. like I don't even know in my lifetime if it will be something that um is an open space for me to just be me and be Mm -hmm. in this, um, realm, um, which is why I dream of, of just, if I could make only and live (laughs) and survive, (laughs) I would totally do that. Like, I think I do love construction for a lot of reasons, but I think if I lived just off of my own stuff, I would probably, Step back a little bit from it, you know. Mm-hmm. Which then, even that's emotional because you're like, oh, well, now I'm a, I I'm not part of the 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 change, you know. Right. I'm not part of the allyship of all the people who struggle just like me. um But it's exhausting, truly.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I I I guess I want to follow up with with saying it's it's not right or fair <laughs> that the bulk of pushing the change has to fall on the the person who's most marginalized in the space um it should not be that way um and then saying like i think it's absolutely perfect and 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 great that you can create a space for yourself that's like safe for yourself i know that resonates like with me. That's why it's like uh, so many times I'm just like, I just want to make. And it's not just me. I mean, it's not just the joy of making, but it's because like I've created this world for me that I don't have to be anybody else. Exactly. I don't have to like change the pronouns of my spouse to make somebody else feel comfortable to be around me. Like I don't have to do right. that in my space, like, yes. in my space, I can be queer as fuck, and nobody yes. else is around to tell me anything else, yes. exactly, <laughs> and, you know, and I, and I really believe strongly in, like, all of us be a- being able to create our own spaces like that, and unfortunately, I I think, I wish, I just wish so hard that we could do that within our, like, within the jobs that, feed us like that literally put the roof over our heads and like feed us like i wish we could still have that same space Mm -hmm. you know and i think it should be allowed i don't think we should be the ones who have to like or that you should have to be the one to change like you should just be able to show up as you and the rest of them Mm -hmm. sorry but fuck them like they should have to like change themselves
1: yeah
0: do you have allies in that space like do you feel like you have allies in that space um hmm, interesting question no I don't know
1: that I do I think um the people there are others that are in a similar boat as me but that's different than being an ally
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um No, I think that it's, it's when it's that easy to exist, it's a challenge to be an ally. Mm -hmm. So why Yep, is kind of the energy that I've gotten in, or just kind of like, uh, no, it's -hmm. not happening. Like, but if you need anything, just come to my office, but don't please like right yeah no um that kind of thing like definitely saying we support or saying um we're here for you or we're making change or trying but like it's not really for like it's very clear that it's for their own safety so that this cancel culture doesn't come for them which i don't even want like i don't right, even need right. you know it's not <laughs> yeah. so for that to even be the energy is like oh god now i feel like this big virus running around like oh my right. gosh if we mess up around her then you know we're our company's going to fall apart but it's not that so no i don't really think i have an ally cuz they don't really understand what allyship is yeah r- versus protection of their own you know right. image
0: Versus, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the role of ally, right? Not actually Correct. be an ally, right? <laughs> <Correct. laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. <sighs> That's hard. It's, yeah, it's, it's a hard. sigh Yeah. It's so crazy because
1: it's just like, yeah, and then the end. Because where do you, right? You know, you every day, keep keep trying. You know, keep pushing, but it, it really is something that, um, it's probably going to take generations truly. I know we've mm-hmm. come, come really far, but it's, it's going to take a while. And you and I are at the crux of like a big pivot in this world. Like, geez, Louise, right. I'm tired. Okay? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm out of breath. <laughs> like, so I think, you know, I am optimistic about it. I just don't know that I will be alive for it
0: you know i hear that and and i would say you know i've um i always say like i can i can the story of a person of color resonates with me just because i feel like an other in in a lot of spaces however i also am very aware that i have the privilege of trying to pass Like, I have the privilege of, you know, changing the pronouns of my spouse and, like, I talk about my kids and people assume I'm a straight white woman. Like, I assume, I understand that that is a privilege that I have that others don't have. Um, And so... It's part of uh, my role to have to to not play the role of ally, but to, <laughs> actually, <laughs> to actually be an ally in those spaces um, and help amplify voices of others who don't have the same privilege that I do in those spaces, um, even if it means that then I get put into the... <laughs> Into a category that no longer passes, and that's fine. <laughs> I yes. would rather because let's be honest, like I think the people who end up marginalized are way more fun to hang out with, <laughs> more cool than that's the people true. who are not. <laughs> so true. No, you're so right. Like
1: we get it. Yeah, you know? exactly. we get it. So there, because there's just you know, even if like, okay, everybody's cool, whatever, but there, there might be some random comment that is not intentionally crazy, but right. then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. okay, understood, understood, <laughs> that was,
0: yeah, that's <laughs> right, that's right, <laughs> <laughs> got yeah. it, yeah. well, I hope for you that you find that sweet spot and you get to, like, you know, continue to create that space for yourself, and I hope, I truly hope that it, turns into something that supports you financially as well as uh, emotionally. Thank
1: you. Thank you yeah. so much. I really hope so too. We'll yeah. see what happens. <laughs> Taking it day by day.
0: really. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, so as much as I would love to continue to chat with you. We are at the end of our (laughs) time together. And so I want to give you a chance to let people know like how they can find you and see all the work that you're doing.
1: Yeah. So most of the things I post, pretty much everything that I post work related is on my Instagram. So it's Tay Crib, like party at Tay (laughs) Crib. (laughs) So it's just T-A-Y-C-R-I-B. Um, And I'll be adding more soon now that I've got some tools and things happening. Um, So right now it's a little light, but um, that is where you can pop up and talk to me. I'm on there all the time. So also I'm doing some... Virtual design consulting on there. So even like DIY or DIY questions that people have, like oh my gosh, I'm in the middle of it and I ruined it. Help me, (laughs) you know. um, I have um, space on there for people to pop up and just talk to me about the things that they need help with, whether it's um, arranging a new gallery wall or starting a new project or redoing their kitchen or whatever. They can talk to me about that on there
0: too. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much, Tay, for talking to me today. I really Thank enjoyed you. it. Katie,
1: this was so fun. Um, yeah. definitely sad that the hour
0: is over. I'm like <laughs> talking to my
1: friend. This is so fun. I really exactly. appreciate the time.
0: Yeah, i here. All right. So again, that was Tay, and I'll include the links on how you can follow along with her in the description for today's episode. You can find that on your podcast app or if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, check out the description box down below. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure that you subscribe, like, leave a review, especially on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And please share with friends, family, neighbor, dentist, dental hygienist, whoever about the podcast and help spread the word so all of these wonderful stories can be heard far and wide. When I am not making a podcast, you can find me designing and making furniture and other home decor at freemanfurnishings.com and at freemanfurnishings on all the social media. I am active on a daily basis over on Instagram where you can find me sharing and looking to inspire you to power carve and uh, add bright, bold, and beautiful colors to your pieces of woodworking art make sure you follow along with the podcast too at crafting revolution on instagram say hey over there it is the end of the week i hope you all have a uh fantastic weekend i've got a big weekend this sunday the 19th I turned 40, so it's a big decade birthday for me. Looking forward to it. And also, fun fact, it's my wife's birthday as well. I won't tell you her age, though. Um, but <clears throat> we will ha- be having a big celebration in the Freeman household for sure. All right, everyone have a great weekend. And as always, let's go craft a revolution. She, her, they, they got something they to say. Solution for the toxic masculinity we <laughs>